every match of Rugby World Cup 2011 with no ad breaks during play. Live only on Fox Sports. Call Foxtel 131 989. Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to fall the ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Wallabies, one team, twenty eleven, live across Australia. The Rock, and coming up the blind side, Tony Grubber kicks corners. Uh, yes, it is great to be French, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And it is great to be in Bathurst. Tony Squires standing in the Forex uh, Gold tent, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Burke in Sydney studio. And of course, we'll get to Tim uh, Horan, who is in New Zealand. Uh, we haven't got him quite yet. No, he sure is being held hostage by somebody. We'll speak to Tim Horan very, very shortly. <laughs> the French national anthem, because France 19, Berkey over England 12. Uh, what a brilliant result. Wasn't it a good game, Tony? And, and the excitement of the game to start with, the way the French threw the ball around was absolutely fantastic. They closed up shop at the end there, no doubt about it, and England tried to come back. But England, as, as I've said so far through this tournament, they're lost at the moment, and it's great to hear that national anthem, isn't it? Everyone yeah, gets pumped so by good. that national anthem. The must yeah. yeah, well, except the bloke, one bloke in the restaurant here in Bathurst I was at last night uh, with a lot of uh, rev heads. Uh, the one Englishman <laughs> who, at the end of the game, we all stood and applauded him because he put his hand up. Uh, it was a terrific moment of solidarity against the English. Uh, that great game was terrific. Wales, of course. I was going uh, to say, say, Tone, did he pay for it, did he? Did he pay for the night? <laughs> he, did, he did pay for the night. Wouldn't that have been good? Just before I get on to the next game, I was just mentioning that I am here at uh, Mount Panorama. Gee, it's a beautiful sight. I'm looking across at the uh, outlets, the food outlets. The first one I see is chips on a stick, <laughs> which is basically a potato which has been cut in such a way that it can all fit onto a stick and the most possible surface area so it can then be deep fried <laughs> on a stick and handed to you. you sure it, not, are you not in America at the moment? Well, no. I don't know. The, the last man who walked past me had a t-shirt that said, I fear no beer. <laughs> <laughs> It is all happening here. Speaking of the Welsh, we can't go past that win without playing the Welsh National Anthem. Thank you, Tommy. So much ahead today. We're going to talk to Murray Mixted. I'm going to get away from these cars. Tim Horan will join us. This is the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Australia, the Wallabies, will be playing South Africa today. It is a huge moment. All that ahead. Every match of Rugby World Cup 2011 with no ad breaks during play. Live only on Fox Sports. Call Foxtel 131-989. This is a Rocky Sunday rugby show on a very special and important day for the Wallabies playing South Africa, the quarterfinals of Rugby World Cup 2011. And happily, we are now joined by Tim Horan, who is in New Zealand. Timmy, good morning. Tony, Berkey, yes. Um... It's great to be here, actually, in New Zealand. It was a pretty buzz uh, last night in Auckland, based in Auckland, with uh, Fox Sports, and what a couple of games it was. It was incredible, wasn't it? Wales versus Ireland was probably one of the matches of the tournament so far, and and then who would have who would have thought France over England was a uh, amazing match? Well, you would have thought because I hate to biggie you up, as you know, but last week uh, on this very show you did tip France to roll England. You said they'd bring their A game. I think might have been your exact words. Yeah, well, the French, you just, know, you just don't know which team's going to turn up. Like, they could play Wales 
next week, and they might be Wales as well, and all of a sudden they're playing in the uh, World Cup final. But the Welsh were fantastic. They were strong, and they were just a great buzz around New Zealand at the moment, being here in, in Auckland now, obviously um, building up for the Wallabies match against the Springboks this afternoon in Wellington. And then, is there another upset on the cards? Argentina versus the All Blacks. Yeah, for those who have just joined us, uh, I am at Mount Panorama. They are cars racing around in the background for us. Uh, Matty Burke, we, <laughs> did, we did, when we played the Welsh National Anthem, it was a bit of Tom Jones. Uh, have you ever met the man? Do you know what? Uh, I saw last night Neil Jenkins, who was the, the fantastic fly half for Wales. He was out in the field there. Years ago in a Barbarians uh, game, uh, he played. And he said to me at about, uh, must have been sort of 3 o'clock in the morning, he said, do you want to come here, me and I'll do it. I went... Uh, sorry, mate. He said, what if I need to meet him on Tom Jones? I said, yeah, mate, let's go meet Tom Jones. Thinking, you know, what's going on here? And uh, I met the great man himself, uh, had a chat, and he said to me, do you want to get a photo? And I said, oh, wouldn't it be great to get a photo right now? And he said, oh, unfortunately, no one's got a camera. And I just paused just for that couple of seconds and said, oh, wow, what, what about that? I found a disposal one in my pocket. Here we go. Thanks very much. Uh, how about a shot here? So I've got the shot of me and Tom Jones. That was a, uh, that was a nice moment. That- well, wasn't that amazing, though, yesterday when the Welsh had won and they were doing their lap of honour and this, the whole crowd singing Delilah? Oh, fantastic. Timmy, <laughs> when we couldn't find you this morning, we thought you might have been kidnapped by some of the Irish fans, perhaps, Timmy, after... <laughs> Mate, thank God they're all gone home or going home. <laughs> I suppose that's the only disappointing thing of of the English and also the Irish being knocked out is that they're such passionate supporters and, and they probably make up for at least 50% of the supporters that are over here in New Zealand, and the, the Irish and the English fans. So it's a shame that they uh, they will be turning and jumping on some planes going back home. But I tell you what, the French and the Wales, the Welsh, the, the way they play and the... The excitement factor that they give to everyone around the world is fantastic. Well, because it was France 19 over England 12, had them uh, at zip at half time. They just came out and uh, and they threw the ball around. Uh, they've, they've been, they'd lost two games in the pool stages, France. They were written off by certainly by their own reporters uh, who had a big crack at the coach. They've suddenly turned up and played a great game of footy. Do you, do you know what? I wonder if it was, uh, I wonder if it was just the inspiration from the coach. Uh, Mark Livermore with that little moustache he grew during the week. Did you see his little moustache that he had? He said, we need to be French, let's do the French-style moustache at the same time. But they played well. You know, they, they, they played a game that, you know, we hadn't seen for a long period of time. And they asked that uh, Terry Dussetois, the captain afterwards, he said, what was the difference between this week and last week? And he just sort of had a, a, a bit of a smile. And I think we always knew, and Timmy, as you said before, always knew that France could come and play a style of game. Mind you, I've been talking about England for the last couple of weeks now. They've got no idea what they want to do in the back line. I thought Wilkinson was, was terrible. Uh, when he went off, Flood came on, or, or Flood went to 10 and tried to do way too much. They, they were just so disjointed. Yeah, it was funny, Berkey, wasn't it, when Dussetar got interviewed after the game. He's, he was asked, you know, which French team turned up? He said, oh, sometimes we have two faces, and tonight a good face turned up. You know, <laughs> about, <laughs> exactly. about to repeat it in, in a week's time. See every match of Rugby World Cup 2011 with no ad breaks during play. Live only on Fox Sports. Call Foxtel 131 989. Tony Squires coming to you from Mount Panorama. Tim Horan from Auckland, New Zealand. Matt Burke from Sydney, New South Wales. What a global show we do have. Because, of course, the day the Wallabies take on South Africa at uh, Wellington Regional Stadium. It's 4 o'clock kickoff this afternoon. In terms of a moment for Australian rugby... This is a big one. There's been the build-up. Robbie Deans, of course, as coach. Uh, all those games that have happened over these past years. It comes down to today because a loss here isn't really good enough, is it? 
It's not good enough, boys, not at all. And and when you think back to 2007 World Cup, we exited in the quarterfinal as well. Uh, we need to be, in that last two weeks, as in the Wallabies, we need to be you know at least contesting semi-final, finals time. So... Um, you know what was so important about those t- those two teams last night is they they can then walk away as in France and and Wales they can walk away and say we've got a real shot at this to get into the final. The, the, what I like is is David Pocock coming back in the team. No doubt about that. He'll he'll strengthen the uh, he'll be the muscle around the park because what they need to do and what he did so well and why we lost I think against Ireland was he wasn't there around the park. And today I think it's more about retention, Timmy, more than anything else because Henrik Brousseau for South Africa is going to be all over the ball for um, for the Springboks. Yeah, he will be. I, I like the way the Springboks have been playing. I, I like the way their tactics have been to rest players through the Tri-Nations and that's allowed them to freshen up to, to play in this World Cup. And But they're going to be very hard to beat. They're a side that play a, a fast rucking game. But I think the Wallabies, if they play with some width, if the weather's OK in Wellington, which looks like it's, it's OK, um, Quade Cooper can play with some width. But... I suppose it is a little bit disappointing for you know Wallaby supporters and 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 All Black supporters and Springbok supporters that ranked one, two, and three in the world are on one side of the draw now because Australia lost to Ireland in that pool game. So um, for the Wallabies, they need to be in a semi-final for for the rugby that they play. But likewise for the Springboks as well. They, I mean, De Villiers, the, the coach, has, has stressed through the week how important this match is for for South African rugby as well. So. It, it, whoever wins this side of the draw will win the Rugby World Cup. Timmy, you, you talk about the weather. Well, we've seen p- images of the Wallabies training during the week where they've basically been <laughs> standing at 45-degree angle with the wind blowing them around and uh, intense rain and so on. It's changed a couple of days, but that, you know they need to play, if it is that weather, that sort of more conservative game, kicking to corners possession. Are they? Can they do that given the makeup of the team? Well, Pat McCabe's selection at 12 was always probably the only selection that people were concerned about, but I'm okay with it. I think Pat McCabe is a really solid player. He's defensively... What what you lose if you don't have Beric Barnes in the team with for his kicking and, he, and his tactical nous, you actually gain defensively with Pat McCabe. So I haven't got a problem with Pat McCabe there. The only problem is, is when Quade Cooper is caught in a ruck or a breakdown, and mind you, Quade Cooper... This World Cup has only been tackled once, and that was against uh, the Russians. So, <laughs> is that true? What a stat. <laughs> so well, that's, that's um, Timmy, that's nearly as good as you when we used to play those Silver Foxes games. You, you never got tackled or made a tackle. I think Quade Cooper should be wearing the purple shorts that <laughs> Golden Oldies wear if you're over 90. <laughs> that is brilliant. What about the other guys? People like Rocky Awesome, there's been talk about that Ford pack. It's, it's going to be a bit of mongrel needed, isn't there, today? No doubt about it. Uh, but the, the big call, I think, and, and you might be able to have a chat about this, Timmy, as well, is, is Higginbotham not there? Is that obviously, the strength of the... They've gone for the 4-3 split on the bench, obviously, with the three blacks. I thought they would have kept that, that still that 5-2 split just to get him on the park. I think that... My thoughts are that when, he, when he's a 20-minute player, 30-minute player at the end of the game, he's outstanding. He's perhaps not a, a starting player. And this week, unfortunately, finds himself you know, in his suit on the sideline. Yeah, well, you've got um, three back reserves, as you mentioned, Berkey. So you've got Luke Burgess, um, halfback as well, uh, reserve halfback, Beric Barnes. And uh, I think what they were concerned about would be Pat McCabe's shoulder. So um, he subluxed his shoulder, so he has been out for a couple of weeks now. And it's a big, it's a fine line, Berkey, you and I know, that if, they, if the Wallabies do happen to lose this match and are knocked out of the tournament, there'll have to be some sort of changes um, in Australian rugby, whether that's coaching or whether that's playing style, because... You can imagine England going back now on the plane, back to Heathrow Airport mm. in 24 hours. There'll be post-mortem after post-mortem. And 
um, for the for the Wallabies. They're gaining some momentum in this tournament as well, which is important. Timmy, exactly right. I mean, John O'Neill, the RU boss, quoted today saying, uh, do I lie awake worrying about this quarterfinal? Yes, definitely. I'm nervous. The importance is quite critical. There's going to be a lot of eyes on this team if they don't get up over South Africa. It's on this afternoon at 4 o'clock. See every match of Rugby World Cup 2011 with no ad breaks during play. Live only on Fox Sports. Call Foxtel 131989. The day of destiny for the Wallabies, their quarterfinal against South Africa. 4 o'clock this afternoon from beautiful, although slightly windy, Wellington. Speaking of uh, weather... Uh, Matty Burke, I just want to remind you, the idea of kicking being very, very important Please. in these games, and certainly kicking in uh, the weather conditions that may prevail this afternoon, not sure. sure, Timmy says it may be better than we expected and what we've seen during the week, but of course that will come, the pressure will come on the kickers if it is a very, very windy day. I just want to remind you of, of how important that is and, and how well you handled situations such as this. In behind the Aussie backs for Matthew Burke. And... Not happy with that kick. Can Burke put Australia in the lead? Not with that kick. <laughs> <laughs> they were, Gordon, they were right. two right in front, weren't they? Yeah, exactly right. The, you, you missed the one when the lightning struck over in South Africa and, and we were wearing the white shorts and it wasn't a good sight. The... the the, no. that's, that's, that's absolutely fair, Nick. We, um, we play the game. Isn't it funny how, though, you, you get the commentators and they just give you the kiss of death, you know? Like you've, you're five from five or six from six. And it's an easy kick, and bang, you hit the post, or you miss it completely. But thanks for reminding those, Tony. What, what game was that in, by the way? Uh, Luke was just one of the many. I just go through, <laughs> basically, during the week, looking for, for Matt Burke errors. Just trawling. Yeah, you, you just Google Matt Burke error, and uh, they come up. It's Pages true. of it. It's, it's, nearly, it's nearly like the... I did, a, I did a, a, something the other day, and they, and they got on um, uh, Wikipedia, and uh, Blake is, mate, look, can we get a, a bit of a bio? And he said he had a look at it, and there's the decline of Matt Burke as well, like a, a full ten lines, full paragraph of the, the decline. I think you can you can amend your own Wikipedia page, can't you? I, I might go do that this afternoon. That's a great, what a great way to spend an afternoon. <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about this handing over the jerseys. Now, we've talked of this before. The Wallabies apparently uh, are returning to what they claim is one of their lucky charms for the quarterfinal. Buddha Handy, Chris Handy, is presenting the team jerseys. Now, I think he did that during the 1990 World Cup campaign, which of course was very successful, Timmy. Yeah, he did. He did uh, in the final. So just before, and this is something that our coach Rod McQueen brought into the team. It was a classic Wallabies. Who, so someone who's played a game or a hundred games for the Wallabies, and you've pulled on the jersey, you come into the team and talk about what it means for you to have played for the Wallabies and and the culture and what you got out of it. And you know, various people have brought in their their Wallaby jerseys. And I remember the late great Trevor Allen bringing in his green Wallaby jersey and showing it to the team. But what a hand he came in, a World Cup final, um, spoke about his six or seven test matches that he's played for the Wallabies. And uh, apart from sort of a very emotional um, presentation of the jerseys and handing over, you know, a bottle of Grange Hermitage to John Eels to drink at some stage, was when we walked out of the hotel, you've got about two hours to go to the games. Everyone's quite nervous. We hopped on the team bus, which was parked in a quite a small car park in Cardiff. And... All of a sudden, the bus couldn't get out. So Buddha hops out of the bus because the classic Wallaby who presents the jersey comes on the bus with the, the players to the ground. And he and a couple of players who weren't playing that day had to move about three cars, <laughs> pick them up and actually move them across <laughs> in the car park. <laughs> just bounce the cars, so the didn't bus, Just so the bus could get out of the car park. And we are all nervous sitting there before a World Cup final, the biggest game of our career, 
and blokes on the blokes on the bus are, are laughing at what Buddha and the guys were doing trying to move these cars. Can, can you just imagine? Can you just imagine, boys, the blokes who have gone to the game who actually parked their car? They're coming back off the drink, thinking, "My God, where did I park my car? Did I put it there? Was it that bad?" <laughs> exactly right. Uh, hey, Matty, when you talked about uh, having your white sh- shorts, was that in the era when the, you had the, the gold jersey with the green sleeve? Or uh... <laughs> that, that was a war- that was a Waratah day um, uh, up in uh, up in Bloemfontein, Bloemfontein, one of our one of our friendly places there. Yeah. But the, my memory of, of jerseys uh, presented um, or, or or given to you, I mean, it's a, it's a special occasion to re- to receive that jersey, and you got one each Test match. We had a fellow called Johnny McKay, who was our who was our gear steward at the time. And he had his own room, and then he had like the team room where where he got all the uh, the information or all the jerseys and stored everything there. But he was a smoker, so you'd go out into the game, you put your jersey on, and it'd be like coming out of a nightclub at three o'clock in the morning. In the old days, you'd be going, oh, mate, "What's going on here?" He quickly got uh, the nicotine patches for him to uh, to make sure they didn't smell before they went on the game. It's not dissimilar to be coming out of a nightclub at three o'clock in the morning right here at Mount Panorama. Somebody's just doing burnouts on the track in front of me. Uh, it's terrific, and, and the police are just ignoring him. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Lewis Burnout Hamilton City. will have a great time there. Yeah, yeah, he will. Uh, look, just back on the game very quickly, boys. I wanted to, uh, you gave, I think, Tim Bryce. Uh, Lawrence, the man of the match, the referee when the, in the game Australia versus Ireland. How important an influence can or will he be today? Well, I hope that Bryce Lawrence, uh, he's a very good referee. I just hope that he doesn't have too much influence on the outcome of the score of the game because um, scrum penalties has probably been the only concern for referees through this World Cup. I think the, the majority of the referees have been fantastic through this World Cup, talking to the players, taking their time in, in making sure the try scored. But I think Bryce Lawrence, I think this is the fifth time this year, in 2011, that the Wallabies have had Bryce Lawrence as their referee. So they must know what he's looking for. And Bryce Lawrence admitted you know, through the week that he got some calls wrong against Ireland. Ireland still would have won the match, but I think scrum time, he got a couple of decisions wrong. I just hope that he doesn't have so much influence on the game this afternoon. They've spent more time together than some marriages, Australia and Bryce Lawrence, <laughs> by the sound of that. Uh, plenty to come. We are going to look at New Zealand. How important? If we talk about how important this is for Australia, just imagine the pressure that we'll be building in New Zealand, the idea of a monumental upset. I'm pretty sure if Argentina rolls New Zealand, New Zealand will turn off the World Cup and ask everybody to leave. <laughs> this oh, the, is... all Black, the All Blacks will have to get on a boat and row across and live in Tasmania for a while. <laughs> That's right. See every match of Rugby World Cup 2011 with no ad breaks during play. Live only on Fox Sports. Call Foxtel 131 989. Tony Squires at Mount Panorama just about 45 minutes before the start of the great race. Uh, I've been here, of course, doing some news for Channel 7. Berkey, uh, Tim, it's been terrific. I'm a little bit jealous, though, because other Channel 7 personalities who wander around in the pit lane are wearing what look like uh, driver's <laughs> racing outfits. I don't know if you've seen Mark Beretta in the in the, the full the full kit looking. Terrific. Is it? Would, it, would he make a driver? It's, it's just a bit expanded that suit, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? It looks like it's been pumped up with a bit of air, no doubt about it. Uh, they couldn't well, you're, certainly. You're get close one. to the 4X Angels, mate, so you might catch on fire as well. So you well, might need one. The 4X Angels are about to perform here, uh, as you would expect, and uh, I'm turning my back on them the other way, so I can concentrate on rugby. Uh, <laughs> it's the best thing to do. I, of course, because it's a pit lane. Apparently, it was a safety issue that you're supposed to wear those things. Yet there I was in pit lane yesterday uh, doing my cross, and I was honestly wearing a nylon coat and crimpoline 
shirt and <laughs> I could have gone up in any second, any second. Now, talk, now we're talking about uh, today how important it was for the Wallabies. Timmy, you're in New Zealand. Just give us a kind of sense of how important and therefore the pressure that is mounting on the All Blacks. They play Argentina in their quarterfinal, absolutely expected to win, not just this game but all the way through. How is it in, ter- in, in, in the country in their view of what this is, uh, the importance of this? Oh, it's massive for the All Blacks. I really hope if the Wallabies don't get through and, and get into the final, win the final, I really hope the All Blacks do win the final, which has been a mucky on their back for so long. But walking from our Fox Sports studio last night um, back home to the hotel, it was incredible that the, the vibe around town was uh, excitement for the French, but then all the All Black supporters are, are very nervous about what could happen today against Argentina, but more, more importantly about that massive upset that happened um, last night against England, and could that happen to the All Blacks as well? So um, the vibe is pretty good. The, the, the All Black supporters have embraced this whole Rugby World Cup, and they've supported certainly the Tongans and Samoans and, and uh, the Fijians. There's so many islanders that do live here in, in New Zealand. So it's been a wonderful World Cup, a colourful World Cup. I'm a bit, a bit surprised to see a few empty seats yesterday uh, in the stadium. So it was only, I think there's only about 45,000 at Eden Park last night, and the capacity is about uh, nearly 60. So um, a bit concerned with that. But apart from that, I think the vibe is really gaining some momentum now. You talk about an upset. Let's look at that game then. Uh, Matt Burke, can it, the Argentinians possibly beat New Zealand? Yeah, do you know what, Tony? I think that it's going to be strong to start. That They are going to be strong to start with, no doubt about it. They, their, their strength is numbers one to eight. And, and they'll give the, the All Blacks a, a real... Uh, I, I suppose run for their money to start with. You, if you caught that way, you know, New Zealand have, have had a couple of tough games on the way through. There, Tonga was a, a little bit of an, an eye opener to start with, but they were able to overcome them quite easily. So, in a way, the, the, the games have they been tested? France in a second string team, thirty seven seventeen. I don't think so. I think they were about owning up front. And look, if, if Argentina can get away with a with a a couple of little breaks and that kind of stuff. I mean, Sonny B. Williams is on the wing. He is, yep. I, I don't know how that works, Tim, and you'd be the same. I've played wing when I've been a 13 and 15, and you think it's, you, you think it's going to be easy. It's the hardest position to, to defend because you just don't know what's going on unless you're there. I reckon yeah, one of those he's, blokes... He's played, he's played there a little bit, Berkey. He uh, came off the bench a few times for the All Blacks in this competition. So, I mean, the big one is Colin Slade at number 10 for Dan Carter. Obviously, Dan Carter... If you haven't been uh, in Australia or listening around the world, he's obviously out of the tournament now with a groin injury. So, But Colin Slade, they won't lose anything with Colin Slade at number 10. Also, Mills Muliaina plays his 100th test match for the All Blacks. So he's only the second player to do that. Richie McCaw, obviously, a couple of weeks ago. So they'll have a lot to play for. I can't see them getting beaten whatsoever. I think the All Blacks will win by probably 30 points. What about Richie McCaw? There's been continuing talk about uh, he, he had missed a game with his injury, that foot. Is it is it okay or is it an ongoing problem? I've actually heard that he's in a bit of trouble, Richie McCaw. So, and Berkey, you, you might be able to take this a bit further. I think that you know he's had an operation on his foot at the start of the year, had a plate put in there, and it's giving him a lot of prob- problems apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my sources, and, and which will not be revealed, I love saying that. Oh. It makes me sound like a journo. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that the Don't plate, fool yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> the, the plate is giving him grief, and, and that's the that's the problem at the moment. So, you know, uh, if, if uh, people out there have had injuries before, you know that you got the plate. Sometimes you have to get the plate out, which means another operation, which means time away from from. I suppose, a game, a sport or, or anything. So I don't think they can afford to lose him. Imagine if they lost Dan Carter and also Richie McCaw, you know, in the, in the business end of, um, of, this, uh, of this World Cup. It would be devastating. Tim, you're talking about the nerves already in amongst the public. Imagine if the captain wasn't there. 
Well, mm. mate, Richard McCaw, has a big, he's bigger than the Prime Minister here, so um, they just rely on him so much. But the, the All Blacks will win easily this afternoon, and then all of a sudden, who do they face? That's the, you know, the Springboks or the Wallabies, and the Wallabies, as you mentioned, Berkey, and Digby Iwani back, Stephen Moore back, and David Pocock back, so it'll be a massive match. Do you know what I'd love to see, though? What about in the game last night when uh, Vincent Clare scored his try, the runaround. We haven't seen the, just the 10-12 loop for, I think, Timmy, when you played in 1991. And it came <laughs> through. Oh, hang on. <laughs> it came through. And 10-12, 10, 10, and then someone hitting it straight and fast. And Wilkinson was caught out, and they went on the school to try. Oh, that was fantastic play. Bobby DeWire would have been cheering from the hills down in <laughs> town south with his cows, I think it would have been. And, and Matt Burke, just finally on a totally unrelated matter, who's your source? Oh, um... <clears throat> No, I won't reveal that, Tony. That's okay. <laughs> you, you, mate, you're a journal. You know these the, 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 the privacy that happens around these things. So, See every match of Rugby World Cup 2011 with no ad breaks during play. Live only on Fox Sports. Call Foxtel 131 989. Where there is a fighter jet directly overhead. Uh, if you hear a noise, that'll be me screaming and diving for cover. <laughs> I am, of course, at Mount Panorama, not far away from the start of the great race, the Bathurst 1000, and the jet is doing some laps <laughs> of the... Uh, How, how's the lap time going? Has he got... He well, got he, speed yet? Got world he, record? He seems to go around. Uh, it's usually about two oh seven or two oh six is the, uh, the 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 record. He's going around about four four seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two point oh six. He's going particularly quick and loud. We are of course heading towards the quarterfinals today. The uh, Wallabies taking on South Africa. We have the All Blacks taking on Argentina. We're going to speak, uh, given the uh, New Zealand influence, with Mario Mexed, one of the great commentators. Uh, we've had some problems getting through to him, but look, boys, what I would like to do is for those who have been sitting up waiting for uh, Murray just to hear his golden tones, is just to give you a bit of an insight of how good he is, not just with the voice, but with the thoughts behind the voice as he calls the great game of rugby. Listen. This loose forward battle is going to be a classic because as you, as you know, I've been pumping Marty Leslie for a couple of years. I don't think he really has the expansive ability to get wide and support that open side flanker, so it's very easy to be exposed as an open side if you don't have your mate up your backside. <laughs> Gibson has come inside Merton so often throughout this year with great success. Paul Tito looked like a blind man in a brothel just left groping. Yes. <laughs> I wonder why. Is he, is he calling the games at the moment or has he been, um, has he been outed for the international... <laughs> International I scene, if that's a good. He's calling days. I think he's finished now, Berkey. But he's one of the greats, Murray Max. He runs a um, runs the New Zealand um, Junior Rugby Academy actually yeah. over here in New Zealand. So he's finding the next All Blacks. Does a great job. See every match of Rugby World Cup 2011 with no ad breaks during play. Live only on Fox Sports. Call Foxtel 131 989. Welcome back to The Ruck. Tony Squires live from Mount Panorama. Just about half an hour before the start of the great race. All happening here. Thousands, 50,000 people on a cool, cloudy day in Bathurst. Could get a bit of rain late in the day, which make it very, very interesting for the great race at the moment. The planes are circling overhead. A lot of noise, a lot of noise in New Zealand as we head to the, the final quarter. Australia, the Wallabies, of course, taking on South Africa and New Zealand against Argentina. France 19 beat England 12, Wales 22 over Ireland 10. There was another international, though. Uh, Timmy, the schoolboys had a run around. Yeah, the Australian schoolboys, they played at uh, Knox Grammar uh, this week and uh, had a wonderful win against the All Blacks, 29-19. And, Berkey, I think that's the first time for a long time that um, the Australian schoolboys have actually beaten the, the, the junior All Blacks, as they call them, and... 
Uh, a good player at 15 was Cam Clark, who um, Greg Clark's son, the Fox Sports commentator, was playing at fullback and played a wonderful match. So to win that by 10 points at Knox Grammar was a uh, amazing feat from the, uh, the the next crop of Wallabies that'll come through out of the Australian schoolboys. Did, did, did you did you boys play schoolboys? Uh, yeah, yeah, Timmy did. I, I know Tim did in 1987, I think it was, because I was in year nine, I think, at the time, and I was, you know, watching these guys run around, Horn, Little, um, doing their stuff, and, and that was a and that was a big inspiration to to make sure you got to the, to the, where those guys got to. Yes, it was a, it was a it's a massive thing to play for your for the Australian schoolboys. Absolutely. All right, Ben, uh, the large gents this afternoon, we've talked about those games. They will be playing. I, I want you to fearlessly predict the results of today and then push forward and what is going to happen to the rest of this tournament. Do you want numbers okay. as well? Well, well Berkey, I'm, numbers. I'm not sure what you, what you think, but mate, I think the All Blacks should win against Argentina. Colin Slade at fly half. I, I predict, Tony, quote me for next week, I, I predict the, the All Blacks will win by about 27 points. Okay, I'm and writing it down. 27. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Springboks, the Wallabies, Springboks really worry me because they've got such a big forward pack. PSBs at number eight, uh, Victor Matfield. Um, they've got such so much experience. John Smith, the captain, um, he's virtually like um, the Davis Cup captain. He's, he's only going to play about 30 minutes. He's a non playing captain. <laughs> he, he is. So, uh, but the Springboks really worry me. The, all, uh, the way that the All Blacks uh, will sort of get through to this semi final. And the All Blacks will play the Springboks or the Wallabies. And Digby Iwani back for the Wallabies. I think the Wallabies by about three points, I hope. Okay. Not I, so confident there. I'm with, uh, I'm with you, Timmy, on the, on the All Blacks game. I think about 18-plus from, from uh, New Zealand over Argentina. And, you know, that, that weather prediction, as you said before, um, Tony at the top of the mountain, that may be what they're going to envisage in Auckland as well and, and also in Wellington. I think that's going to play a massive part of it. And, Timmy, you spoke about uh, Barnes and, and the McCabe selection. And... I still think Barnes perhaps should have been there from the start for, the, for his kicking ability. So I'll have to wait and see. But Aussies, I reckon they can do a job of them. I don't think the form of the pool means anything when you go into a quarterfinal time. We saw that last night with France. So Aussies by... It'll come down to goal kicking. It'll come down to James O'Connor and Mornay Stone. So whether they can hit their you know, penalties and hit their kicks from touch is, is going to be really important to get some momentum. And we saw that last night with uh, with Priestland as well. Hit the post, I think, twice at least. And they looked like they were going over. And so you've got to keep them low. What about Halfpenny's kick from on halfway into the wind? Kept it low. That was fantastic. So Yeah, one, of the, you, one if, of the kicks of the tournament. If you can steal points like that, that's a, that's a good way of, of, uh, of just sort of getting the momentum going. So Aussies for mine, but only just that. Well, but Bergie, who, who, would have, who would have thought before this weekend, if you, or before the World Cup started, who would have thought that if someone said to you, France and Wales are going to play each other in the semi-final and one of those sides will be in the World Cup final 2011, you would have got long odds. Oh, ma- massive. And, and, you know, but the way the way Wales are playing, I think it's going to be spectacular. I think that they may do a job. They may go through to the final, I think, uh, have France played there. Their big game. I don't know, Tone, but all right. Well, Timmy Timmy Horan in uh, Auckland as we speak. Maddie, you are going to head to New Zealand. We'll speak to you from New Zealand next week as we head towards the climax of Rugby World Cup 2011. Uh, That's it for the show today. Uh, Thanks for bearing with me with the noise, boys. It's been uh, very loud over here. It seems that when cars drive, that's loud, but uh, really people like to hear (laughs) aeroplanes overhead. In Sydney, people tend to try to move away from under the flight path, not here. Uh, It's very, very weird. Enjoy your one case for today, Tony, too, by the way. One case, indeed. That's all I need. Just one case. I'm taking it one case at a time, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great week. Enjoy your rugby. Go, you Wallabies. Go to Wallabies.
every match of Rugby World Cup 2011 with no ad breaks during play. Live only on Fox Sports. Call Foxtel 131 989.